the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whatever occupies our thoughts and our time, that's what we treasure. And if we set our hearts and minds on things of this world, then we're going to have little interest in the world to come. But if we're storing up our treasure in heaven, our attention is going to be directed towards heaven. We're going to think a lot about heaven. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and these are thoughts that need to be brought to our attention on a regular basis, don't they? You're listening to Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's continuing his look at the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew. If you want to follow along, I encourage you to turn to the sixth chapter, and if you'd like to let Pastor Layton know that you listen on a regular basis to this broadcast, go to their website at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton. You know, every believer can do a simple self-examination that reveals our spiritual condition. What we do is audit and evaluate how we invest our time, talent, and treasure. Pull out our calendar and we look at that. We pull out our checkbook. If we still have that, we look at that. Are we investing our talent in ministry of the church that God's called us to do? Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So here Jesus is describing the spiritual vision that his disciples should have to clearly see what God wants us to do and to see this world from his point of view. He's using the eye in a metaphorical sense. The eye is the source of light to the body. The eye is regarded as the window of the soul. And the state of a window determines the amount of light that is going to come in. If the window is clean and undistorted, then the light's going to come flooding in. But if the window is colored or distorted or dirty, then the light is going to be hindered. And an eye that's not functioning properly doesn't allow the person to receive the benefits of the light. And light is important because light brings clarity in discerning good from bad. Let me give you an example. I like English muffins. Sometimes English muffins with raisins. This week I looked at the package. I wasn't quite sure that what I was looking at was a raisin. So what did I do? I took it to the best light in the house, the place where the sun comes streaming through the window. If we lack light, we lack discernment. If we lack discernment, we can be doing things that are displeasing to God and not even be alert to it. There are people who are doing things that are sinful, immoral, and even illegal, and they think that they're doing what God has called them to do. They're living in darkness, claiming to live in the light. They don't know how dark the darkness is. Let me ask you a question. Do you see spiritual things clearly? 
Or is your vision of God and his will for your life clouded by an unhealthy preoccupation with things? We need to have a good eye. The word that's translated good can mean single, as in an undivided loyalty, and it can also mean generous, and it's used like that oftentimes in Scripture. And then the word that's translated bad, um, which is translated evil in the King James Version, can mean divided loyalties, but it, it oftentimes means it describes someone who is selfish or miserly, stingy, greedy, covetous, and so forth. The evil eye in the ancient world uh, describes someone who covets what belongs to another. In Matthew twenty fifteen, the literal expression evil eye indicates envy. And so what Jesus is saying here is that having an inner person that's filled with generosity gives us a clear and undistorted view of life and people. But that clearness doesn't happen if instead our hearts are filled with greed. There are a number of byproducts that come from having an ungenerous spirit. People who are stingy find it almost impossible to live with themselves. Because they're never content. They're never satisfied. They're always looking at somebody. Why don't I have with that person? Why don't I do with that person? They're never contented with themselves. They can hardly live with themselves. And furthermore, it makes it almost impossible for them to live with other people. Do you know some people who are greedy and stingy? Are they much fun to hang around? Let me give you a a verse. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7. It says, don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire their delicacies. They're always thinking about how much it costs. So if someone is, that you know is greedy and stingy invites you to meal, they're not much fun to hang around, now you have a biblical reason to say no. <laughs> greedy people can't live with themselves, they can't live with others, and they can't live with God because God is generous. There's no one more generous than God. People who have experienced the generosity of God are generous. That's also true with grace and mercy as well. People who have experienced the grace of God are gracious. People who have experienced the mercy of God are merciful. People who have experienced the generosity of God are generous. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, or maimon, as the King James translated The word here translated master is kyrios, which is translated Lord and is a title for Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. The term that's translated serve is not a word for an employee, but that of a slave. A person can be employed by more than one employer, but a slave can only be the slave to one. Every moment of their life belongs to their master. You see, being a Christian is not a part-time job. It's not even a full-time job. It's a whole-time job. We are never off-duty as Christians. Either we store our treasures with God and focus our eyes on Him and serve Him alone, or we really don't serve Him at all. There's no part-time loyalty acceptable to Jesus. He wants our full-time devotion. You cannot serve God and money. Greed and covetousness is one of the favorite snares of the evil one. That's why there's so many warnings in Scripture against being covetous or greedy. Maimon is a transliteration of the emphatic form of an Aramaic word, mamona, which means wealth or property or material possessions. 
It's an interesting word because it, its history gives us some really uh, interesting insights. Originally, it wasn't a bad word at all. In fact, the scholars tell us it's used in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6.5, Love the Lord your God with all your maimen. In Proverbs 3.9, Honor the Lord with your maimen. But over time, this word changed in meaning, as words do change in meaning over time. At first, it came from a root, which means to entrust, and it described what a person entrusted to another for safekeeping. But over time, it transitioned from meaning something that is entrusted to something you trust. Not entrusted, but trusted. And surely there's no better description of a man's God than to say that his God is the power in whom he trusts. And when a person puts their trust in material things, then material things have, in effect, become their God. This linguistic development of this word is reflected in the life of anyone who doesn't have their eyes fixed on spiritual treasure. Have things become your God? Or is God Almighty central in your life? Jesus clarifies how we ought to look at things. He said, first, everything we need, we need to recognize that everything belongs to God. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Everything and everyone belongs to God. We are merely stewards of what God has entrusted to us. In his parables of the talents in the vineyard, Jesus teaches us that God rewards us for good stewardship. And then second, people are always more important than things. And that makes sense when we understand that people are eternal and things are not. And then third, wealth should always be a servant and never the master. You know, when I was young, I used to love those pages that would come out with the dots, the connected dots. Because when you look at it, all you saw was dots, but if you connected the dots correctly, you'd see the picture, right? And they'd give you those little numbers so you could, you could get the, the dots uh, connected. Well, today I've kind of connected some dots that God has connected for me. We're in a war. The kingdom of God is invading this world. But the king is not here to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy does. The king is coming to rescue people from the domain of darkness. And we participate by being good citizens. And being good citizens means we are obedient to the king. The king rewards good citizenship. And those rewards are in eternity for eternity. And as good citizens, we don't want to be involved in anything that distracts us from being good citizens of heaven, like materialism. The Living Bible paraphrase translates the passage, Do not store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value and are safe from thieves. If your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. If your eye is pure, there will be sunshine in your soul. But if your eye is clouded with evil thoughts and desires, you are in deep spiritual darkness. And oh, how deep that darkness can be. You cannot serve two masters, God and money. 
For you will hate the one and love the other, or else the other way around. So your homework this week, should you choose to accept it, is to do a self-examination of your spiritual condition, to audit how you invest your time, talent, and treasure, and determine if corrections need to be made. And if that sounds perhaps a little daunting, well, think in terms of a spiritual budget. It would be very similar, wouldn't it? You've been listening to Pastor Leighton Sheely and a study he is continuing in when we come back with the next broadcast in the book of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount. You can find all of the messages in this series on the website for the church, Church of the Highlands, at highlands.us. And when there, click on the contact link and let us know that you listened to this broadcast. That's highlands.us. And information about the services, of course, can be found there. There are multiple services across the weekend, including Saturday night. Again, that's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We'll be back with our Thursday broadcast tomorrow at this same time as Pastor Layton once again opens the Word of God and we study verse by verse.